Hey everybody and welcome to Retromania, a retrospective pro wrestling podcast where we romanticize, fantasize, watch and review your favorite or not so favorite storylines, matches, events and feuds of your sports entertainment fandom. I'm one half of the hosting squad, Kobe Nida, and I'm joined as always by Jimmy Price, the other half of uh, the hosting squad. Yep, and you can join us bi-weekly for our first season aptly titled The Origin of Attitude, where we're following the 1997 storyline of uh, Brett and Sean and Vince and Stone Cold. And right now we're on episode 9, where we're going to cover Raw 225, One Night Only, and Raw 226. Yep, check it out, it's heating up. Yep, and you can email us at retromaniapodcast.com at gmail.com that's retromania with a w and then you can always reach jimmy on the twitter at jimmy underscore price uh questions anything you want us to bring up uh tell us that we suck all that good stuff yeah and if you want to follow us on facebook you can always do that that's retromania with a w again um follow us there and this is a special episode that we're doing it's our third bonus episode yeah um this is a, a special guest one as yeah. well. Yeah. This is our uh, second guest episode. We had Evan on previously. Uh, today we have the great Dan Nelson with us. The great Dan. The, Dan it's Dan the man. Dan the man. Dan the man. Dan yes. the man. I'm not that great, but I am a man. <laughs> uh, Dan Nelson. Yes. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Dan uh, has an excellent uh, wrestling zine entitled uh, Hot Tag um, that is... Uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, I've, I've written some stuff for it. Dan, do you want to talk about sort of the genesis of Hot Tag and what Hot Tag is all about? Yeah, well, I mean, the genesis kind of goes back, actually, to me and you, Jim. Yeah. I don't know if you actually remember no, that. I, but, um, I went to a small press expo probably five or six years ago, and I was just wandering around. I happened to turn a corner, and all of a sudden I saw Atomic Elbow. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell is that? Is that wrestling? And I looked, and it was um, Robert, who writes for the atomic or puts together the atomic elbow and yeah i didn't realize that you know you could write wrestling zines so i was just like wait why why am i not doing this why did i not know this was a thing so you and i started talking yeah we we did i was i was still living in virginia at the time and uh you'd message me we talked about like putting like sort of i guess more of like a standard you know meat and potatoes kind of wrestling zine talking about like doing lists and top tens and uh I wanted to do a whole lot of statistical analysis yeah. stuff, even though that's well above my brain capacity. But right. um, certainly, there's databases for that now. Yeah, but, but uh, I, I could go into the weird stuff that I want to track. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. you kind of wanted um, to do like saber metrics for for wrestling, basically a bit. like yeah. advanced stats for yeah. wrestling, yeah. like uh, bumps per year compared <laughs> right. against yeah. uh, injury rates yeah. and yeah. decibel levels for yeah. pops, which wow. would be tough because you have to kind of isolate the pop from the music. But yeah, I like yeah. that. Though. It's like stuff In that depth. I feel like if WWE was like smart, they would already be doing this. Yeah, but. That's probably well beyond Vince McMahon's right. brain capacity. It's next level creative. Like, yeah. Just trying to gauge who's who's the best. Yeah. yeah. And figuring out what, you know, everybody talks about your bump card, and but like if you actually have numbers to, yeah. you know, like. It'd be behind the scenes, like sports, sports center esque, you know, yeah. it's like the, exactly. the analysis of it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, um, so that kind of fell through. We yeah. kind of we we started working on it, but it never really took off. I, yeah. I think it was kind of contrived, and it wasn't really anything all that special. Um, but what I ended up doing a few years later. Um, so it kind of happened in this order. I was starting to write a wrestling zine, Hot Tag, which would eventually become Hot Tag. I was getting really, really, really into wrestling again to the point where I was actually like going to the gym and going to train to become a professional wrestler. I went to do a tryout at the CZW school in uh, New Jersey, and wow. I ended up putting myself in the hospital for a week. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, nothing they did was negligent. Like, it's... It's pretty much just I didn't listen to my body. Yeah. Um, and that that actually became hot tag number two. But yeah. because of that incident, it made me want to connect with wrestling in a way that I couldn't because I, had, I hadn't decided right then and there that I wasn't going to go back. But, like, you know, after something like that happens, that's kind of a major trauma. Oh, yeah. To, so hot tag number one came out a few months after that. I managed to kind of get the energy and get the uh will power to actually put that together yeah um yeah. I'm up to issue three right now i'm um working on issue four right now which is a contribute going to be more of a contributors uh issue yeah. um i've also put together a zine called cozy's big day yes okay yeah which it's so much fun <laughs> yeah so um listeners of the podcast if you're familiar with japanese wrestling you might know the name satoshi kojima um if not he's a pretty well-known japanese wrestler yeah. um not like you know top level stardom but like pretty well known and well loved yeah. yeah um and with new japan becoming bigger in america i guess he wanted to connect with his american fans mm -hmm. so he started tweeting in english mm -hmm. <laughs> and i don't know if you ever seen like translations oh it yeah can get a little wonky yeah so um the translations ended up being silly and weird and just you know oddly poetic and beautiful at times yeah, mm -hmm. yeah so i just i was looking through them and i kind of looked through all of them and i'm just like huh i think i can make a story out of this <laughs> so i took like 15 or 16 tweets that he did reordered them into basically a children's story cozy's big day and got a bunch of <laughs> artist friends to put together uh the artwork for it nice. and because <laughs> because I don't make any money at this, I uh, all the money to that is going to charity. Um, I, I felt bad that I couldn't you know pay the artists what they were really worth um, or anything at all for that matter. And I do feel bad about that, but they were luckily so on board to yeah. do it, and I love yeah. them all to death. I would never ask them to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the 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 fact that it came out so well, I think no one's really bitter about it. But yeah. All yeah. the profits are going to uh, the Morris Home in Philadelphia, which is a um, halfway house uh, drug rehabilitation clinic for uh, trans folk. Great. Yeah. So, yeah. And right now I just pretty much go around to various zine fests and stuff like that. I sometimes do some, I've done a CZW show. I'm trying to do some more of those. But That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Just trying to do as much as I can. Yeah. How did the, how did the CZW show go? Were you like, not very well. Elbow to elbow <laughs> with the boys or. Uh, I did. I get, yeah. I did get to talk to a few of them who yeah. were very nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, G Raver was oh, cool. really fucked up after the show. And <laughs> so he was sitting right next to me and I, I think he was just really 
happy that like I cared enough about him to ask him. It's like, hey, do you need anything? Do you need some water? Yeah. So like we started talking, and I actually gave him a f- copy of my zine, and nice. he wrote a nice message back to me, and was very very sweet about it. Awesome. That's awesome. So where? Uh, tell everybody again, real quick, where they can uh, get a hold of these. Uh, I have my website. Uh, bigcartel.com slash hot tag or is it hot tag.bigcartel.com it's one of those i think yeah, i think it's, the it's hot tag sl- first I'm it's not, yeah hot yeah. tag.bigcartel.com yeah. yeah. you can tell i do these so often <laughs> um yeah you can pick them up there um i'm on a website called selfie where i think i've had my first three issues up for free digitally for like the last eight months okay so if you just want to read them and you don't want the hard copies I don't give a fuck. Go yeah, go and yeah. read them. It's selfie.com slash hot tag. Um, yeah, that's awesome. And I, I got my Twitter and my uh, Instagram that I post on pretty regularly. It's a slow clap hot tag. Nice. Yeah. And you're also sporting the Atomic Elbow shirt. I am. So yeah. I'm representing. Yes. Cool. Has, <laughs> a, has a badass image of uh, Stan Hansen about to drop an elbow on the back, which oh, is yeah. just... Limited oh. run, you can't get this. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm better than all of you. But, <laughs> you know, fo- follow the Atomic Elbow. He puts out some really fucking nice bootleg merchandise. They're, the, the bootleg merch scene is so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to go all the way into it, but there's so much great shit. Yeah, there's there's a lot of cool cool stuff to be uh, seeing out there. Mm-hmm. If you're lucky enough, you get a cease and desist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those, are, those are big right now. Those are hot. Mm-hmm. You can cease and desist cease and desist t-shirts now I saw yeah. from, uh, you can crazy. cease and desist hand motions <laughs> oh my gosh that's so crazy <laughs> yeah so yeah definitely uh, check out Hot Tag um, it, there's a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff there um, Dan and I first met uh, when I was still in high school and I think you were just about like a year or two out a couple of years yeah I was I was probably like a freshman in college yeah, yeah. and um, so we started uh, this was like t- tell us about Getting into uh, Ring of Honor in like 2005. Yeah, so um, it was act. Yeah, I guess it was in the kind of middle of 2005. Um, I write about this and this is kind of written about in Hot Tag Number One. So preview for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I um, even in like the late 90s, like you know, everyone was into WWF and WCW, and I had kind of by the time WWF was king, I kind of was over them and yeah. I was really into the Japanese scene. Okay. All Japan Pro Wrestling was like How old were you at the time? <laughs> I was like thirteen or fourteen. Okay. Yeah. I, I was I was the uh the youngest little smark in the in that's the awesome. <laughs> I was tape trading with folks probably tr- double and triple my age. That's and, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I was hitting up uh RF videos uh stand in Franklin Mills Mall nice. and wow. yeah. yeah. He didn't touch me. So. <laughs> Good. Safe. Good. Safe. Yeah. Safe. Wrestling fans are usually safe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, just kind of, you know, every once in a while I would just search the internet see what's going on in the wrestling world. And something got me looking at, you know, Japanese wrestling again. I saw that Kenta Kobashi is coming over to wrestle some guy named Samoa Joe. And I'm like, Kenta Kobashi is coming to America? What? Yeah. And yeah. I... F- I couldn't believe it, so I had to look him up, and I'm just like, wait a minute, Ring of Honor, this seems right up my alley. This yeah. is like if you transplanted everything I love about Japanese wrestling, but I can go to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I instantly, I couldn't, I couldn't go to that show, but I instantly just started purchasing, purchasing as many DVDs as I could, which was easy because I was working full time and living at home, so I had a lot of disposable income that yeah. I wish I had back now. The, <laughs> the shelf, the shelf in Dan's basement back in the day, I can, I can only 
speak to it, but it, it was it was just like how many how many rows it was of like just like, just Ring of Honor DVDs? Uh, probably like two and a half to three. Yeah, rows. Like, and each one of those probably held like thirty or forty yeah. DVDs. Wow. Yeah. So it it was cool, and and I think we kind of sparked up a conversation about wrestling at a punk show. Um, and then, you know, you started showing me Ring of Honor stuff and then you and I and a couple friends of ours, uh, started going up, up and down the East coast to go to check out shows. So this was like, we, we got in like right as, uh, Daniel Bryan became world yeah. champion and we were there for like that whole ride of his, uh, title run, it which was is pretty amazing. It was, um, great timing. I th- our first show was final battle 2005, yeah. which Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson had been champion for a couple of months at that point, but yeah. he hadn't really established himself yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it was him versus Mara Fuji, which I still think is like an amazingly underrated match. It's yeah. phenomenal. Um, and then Kenta and Loki, and that was the match that just fucking killed us. Yeah. yeah. Like I've, I've still never seen two people hit each other harder than yeah. at that match. Like I, uh, they're they're nuts. They're yeah, crazy. That, stiff city, definitely. Both of them in their prime. Yeah, and just it was, kicking the shit out of each other. Yeah, so I got to watch that later. I wasn't <laughs> on it at the time. But yeah. yeah, later I've, and, I've seen it. And this is my first indie show yes. to top it all That's off. Amazing. Yeah. So like yeah. before that, all I had it was known all is, of our first indie show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a good way to captivate you. Yeah. Yeah. Before that, all I had known is nosebleed seats at the uh, the MCI center. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, been there before. Yeah. yeah, goosebumps just thinking about it because yeah, yeah, it was definitely a moment where like I you know personally kind of like I, we were all getting back into it. We were playing the video games a lot. Yeah, which is another story. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I just like, that was like, you know, going to that show and that whole experience and the trip up and the trip back and just, you know, all kinds, all kinds of goofy shenanigans. Yeah. It was kind of like our first, I mean, I know it was like my first, like real, like independent road trip, yeah, but I yeah. mean, you guys were like fucking like, yeah, 15 years yeah, old. Yeah. Kyle and I were like 15. 14? I don't know. Yeah. So like, <laughs> you look yeah. back on it, it seems really fucking weird for me, like nineteen years old, <laughs> taking a bunch of kids up to New Jersey to go see wrestling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least like the love of the sport. Though. Yeah, we yeah. had another friend, James, who's like kind of in between age wise, so it didn't it wasn't like he's a year older than you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. True, true. But yeah, just good times and you know um, something that like you know it was a golden era for Ring of Honor and like so yeah. many guys we saw or you know you see you know on WWE week in and week out now. Mm-hmm. So it's something that. Um, you know, potentially we might get into on a, you know, after we do Bariquas Forever. <laughs> the next, the second season of this podcast, um, is, uh, just a wall to wall, uh, retrospective on Los Bariquas. We're going to go. Yeah. Are you ribbon? S- super. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. <laughs> Bariquas Forever. Forever. Um, it's be a short season. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, it's uh, that era of Ring of Honor is, um, gold. So you mentioned also, um, before discovering Ring of Honor, kind of having a, a falling out period. I think most most wrestling fans have a, a, a period of time where yeah. they get away from it. More often than not, it aligns with like middle school or the early years of high school. For me, mm-hmm. middle school was a complete like dark period for the most part. And I was the opposite. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I was into it middle school, and then later high school was my dark ages. Yeah. yeah. High school, I learned about girls, and yeah. like, I yeah. fell in love with my best friend's girlfriend, and <laughs> yeah. it was a whole mess, but wrestling wasn't really a problem priority at that point yeah <laughs> wrestling was probably a mess then too yeah probably yeah <laughs> it's it's always kind of a mess um but going back before that uh as we we're kind of like moving backwards here um and getting into the match that we're looking at today which is uh rick flair versus ricky steamboat um 
And is this New Japan or All Japan? This is All Japan. All Japan in uh, 1982. Yeah, All Japan was an NWA affiliate. New Japan, they worked more with WWF. Right. Um, but All Japan was like a proper NWA affiliate. Okay. So like, the champion would always go on tours there. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So you uh, talk about this match a little bit and your story with this match. Because you mentioned it was something of like a, like a white whale for you. It was. Um, so... I don't remember exactly. There would have been either 97 or 98, something like that. I got this tape. Um, it was the Phil Schneider compilation number two. Phil Schneider compilation um, number two. So Phil Schneider, I learned much later, was a guy that reviewed wrestling on the DVD-VR mm-hmm. boards, okay. which is kind of like a well-known internet wrestling community that I never posted on, but I always kind yeah. of lurked there for a while. Is and, that still around, or is it just everybody's on Reddit now? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't yeah. looked up looked it up in a while. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe when Mark Henry retired, they decided to <laughs> call it a day. <laughs> they were really into Mark Henry for some reason. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, every, every forum has a, uh, has a king has, guy. Has a hero. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I didn't get it directly from this guy. I got it just from a random tape trader. You know, you would... Do you guys remember Web Rings? I think so. So, Very like, vaguely. on GeoCities websites... This? Oh, this, this would be, like, 97, okay. 96, 97, 98. I'm not too aware at the time, so I'm probably 10 years old, so I'm, okay. not, I'm, not, I'm, yeah. I'm on, like, AIM. That's yeah, it. fair. Um, so, like, at the bottom of a website, there would be, like, what's called a web ring, which is just you can, you're, you can put your website in a group of, like, similarly themed websites. So mm-hmm. there were, like, tape trading web rings and, like, TNM, which is, like, a computer simulation wrestling game web rings. So, oh, like... Yeah, you would you would just kind of bounce back and forth between all the tape traders and just be like, oh, I want that, I want yeah. that, and yeah, I, I you know I got that tape. It was eight hours long. It was probably a fifth or sixth generation copy. It was Oof. garbage quality, yeah. but it had some of the best matches I've ever seen in my life on that tape. To the point where like I think the reason I couldn't find this match for so long is because I was remembering it outdoors. Okay, that's mm-hmm. how distorted mm-hmm. everything yeah. was. It looked like they were outside. <laughs> But this match, and I also mixed it up with the match that happened right after it, too, because there were two matches right in a row. It was Ric Flair and Rick Steamboat from 82. And then there was an Iron Man match, Rick Rude versus Rick Steamboat from, like, Beach Blast 92. That's right. Which is also an amazing match. But I think I mixed the two up. So, like, I kept looking for, like, a Rick Rude, Rick Flair match in Japan. Does that even exist? No. (laughs) If it does, I haven't found it. Did they even cross paths? Ah, oh, geez, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I was thinking that the other day because I got confused myself yeah. about researching this. I was like, wait, which Rick and Rick are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Rick Flair and Rick Rude. I don't know. That's, like, you got to think it would have happened somewhere, but... I feel like they, they you know, as soon as Flair walked out the door of WCW, um, you know, Rude sort of walked in. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's pretty, true because Flair was over in WWF. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Vice versa. Vice versa, yeah. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Yeah, that would have been a good match. That's I, something. I, I think so. Yes. But, um, yeah, so this match, at the time, this is the first Ric Flair, Rick Steamboat match I'd ever seen. I yeah. wasn't aware of, like, the trilogy from 89. Yeah. Um, you know, the the wrestling scene wasn't as sophisticated as it is now. We were, I mean, I was, a, like, preteen just mm-hmm. trying to get my bearings. But yeah. as you can imagine, Flair, Steamboat, anytime, anywhere is going to be an amazing match. Absolutely. I eventually found it. I rewatched it. It's a great match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's not, you know, it's not a five-star classic. It's not like, you know, uh, Music City Showdown or... Uh, was that the one? Ye- there was Ye- one... 
It wasn't the 89 matches. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't part of the trilogy. You're saying that this isn't a, a, a six-star caliber match? No, no, no. Six and a quarter? No. Well, actually, Dave Meltzer scored this six stars. Did he this really? This was his original six-star match. Wow. Are you Looking back at it. Yep, I did research. I did not wow. know that. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because Ric Flair in Japan kind of wrestled very differently yeah. than he did in America. He was he was just kind of like, you know how you have serious Cena? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Stop joking around. You have serious Flair, too. Yeah. Oh, where yeah. He wasn't as like, you know, ooh. Yeah, exactly. He was, he was taking care of business. Down to yeah. business. Yeah. Hogan did the same thing. Yeah. Uh, not as good quality even, you know, when he was trying. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, the, the Japan seems to bring that out in, in, uh, in guys, which is cool. Quick thing. The... Rick Flair and Rick Rude did feud in 1993 in oh, okay. WCW for okay. the TV title and the international title. Oh, that's right when they had yeah. to unify the titles. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So, I'm yeah. going to dig into I some guess, of that later. I guess forgotten <laughs> matches, Yeah, to say the least. I mean, that would have been right around when Rick Rude probably got his back injury and had to retire, yeah. too. Yeah. So it probably he's wasn't hurt. their best. Yeah, yeah. He's, Rude's hurting, I'm sure, at, yeah. that, at that point. Yeah, but back to this, um, the feud between uh, Flair and Steamboat goes back to 77, Yeah, nearly 40 years. Yeah. So this is amazing. Um, June 15th, they have a match for the TV title in Raleigh, North Carolina, (laughs) in the WRAL TV studio, (laughs) and uh, Steamboat gets over on uh, Flair and wins that title, and that begins the feud between these guys. And this is from an All Japan Pro Wrestling Excite series? Yeah, so they would name their monthly tours. Mm -hmm. So it would be like the Excite series or um, Summer Action series Mm -hmm. or something like that. Nice. Nice. Right. And this had had some tag matches in it. Mm -hmm. Um, It it was a compilation with some other guys that were on here. Uh, Misawa, of course. He w- was he wrestling as Masawa, or was that when he was still it, doing Tiger Mask? It's it just says Mitsuharu Masawa must def- have been when he was a young defeats boy. Sugawara, yeah. uh, nine minutes, and yeah. then we get uh, Dick Slater on the card. Uh-huh. Um, we get um, Greg Gagne and Jim Brunzel. <laughs> wow, jumping, jumping Jim. Jim against Sato and Onita. So, Onita yeah. was on yeah. that show. Yep. Wow, that was before he blew out his knees. This is a, a wild thing. Yep. Uh, then we get Jay Youngblood and Stan Hansen <laughs> against uh, Ashuhara Hara and Mighty Inoue. Those poor, poor Japanese men. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then we get another tag match with Tiger Jeet Singh and Homonosuke Oeda and Giant Baba against, or, I mean, against Giant Baba and Jumbo. Saruda. Saruda, yep. Oh, man. And then we get uh, Tenru on the card, too. Mm-hmm. He defeats Kurt Von Hess. Kurt nice. Von Hess. And then the main event is oh, this yeah, match is. that we're going to review. And I'm, I'm imagining this is probably at Budokan, which is like the, where they ended their seri- their shows. Yeah. It was like their big... This is at the Welfare Hall. Um, Nagakoa, Nagata, Japan. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So uh, a nice show from, it says, June 4th, 1982. Sounds right. That's it, yeah. So you got this on the compilation tape. Yes. And this just became your favorite. Yeah. I I remember vividly I was watching this tape and like drifting in and out of sleep. It was like I put it on because like, oh, it's eight hours. I get eight hours of sleep. I'll put this on and fall asleep. And I would wake up. I woke up at like a random moment and this match started and I'm just like, what am I watching? It was almost like a dream. It was like a dream. That's why for so long I thought... Did I dream this match? <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, well, what we're going to do here is a, a different 
tone, a different experiment. Yeah. We did it the last episode briefly, but this time we're going to do the whole match. Um, we found the YouTube link for this match. It's actually at um, Incredible Spank. The Incredible Spank. <laughs> Thank you for uploading. <laughs> yes. Um, and it's Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat. And it's from four years ago, so that's the one, not the one from two years ago. I also different time signature. I, I also want to give a shout out to uh, the Instagram account Puro Resu, uh Travel. He was the one that actually posted clips from this match that okay. um, reminded me of it. Awesome. Um, I had found it a little bit before that, but that mm-hmm. kind of reminded me of the match and when we were talking about doing yeah. this. Yeah. So check out Puro Resu Travel. He just put out an amazing shirt. I don't know when this is gonna go up probably this week yeah. okay that's cool yeah. so he, he just put yeah. up this great shirt it's a young bucks um rock and roll express crossover oh, nice. it's basically it says young bucks but it has the rock and roll express on there and all <laughs> the profits are going to uh relief for puerto rico awesome that's great awesome. so yeah it's an amazing shirt uh, he's, he's a great guy plug it again pro race travel on instagram that's p-u-r-o-r-e-s-u travel t-r-a-v-e-l on instagram awesome, awesome. yeah Yes, definitely go to that. Um, we're going to sync this up. Uh, if you go to the video, skip the ad, and then go to the zero marker, and then we'll have a countdown. And then we're going to just do some live commentary, a little uh, wrestling psychology theater 3000, in a way. <laughs> um, here we go. Hey, Jimmy, you want to tell everybody about where we work on the side? Absolutely. Uh, DCW, District City Wrestling. And, Jimmy, you're a commentator announcer there? Yeah, I could I could call myself the voice of DCW if I was really feeling good about myself. There you go. <laughs> I like it. I like and, it. Uh, you're, Take that you, pride. You've, you've, got a, you've got a hand in it as well. Yes, I do. I do some production media there, and I also wrestle... Um, yeah, but check us out. You can find us on Facebook at District City Wrestling, or you can find us on Instagram at, at @officialdcw or Twitter at @officialdcw. Check us out. Let us know what you think. It's good stuff. Get into it. So here's how the countdown works. We do five, four, three, two, one, and then you click. Not just at one. Yeah, okay. All right. Ready? If you want to watch along, you can start it after the one count. Five, four, three, two, one. All right. We're here. Oh, my favorite slow count referee. <laughs> Beautiful ladies having bouquets for the wrestlers. Yeah. Very, very important to show lots of respect for the boys. Yeah. Heavy cue. Uh, I just love like the lack of barriers. Like just the wrestlers kind of pushing their way to the ring with the young boys trying to shield them. Yeah, yeah. eighty two. This is kind of like pre. Um, this is pre intro. Like in 
wrestling intros, like our wrestling entrances. I mean, um, entrance music for sure is not. It's it's well, game. Have- they definitely have entrance music. Yeah, I tried yeah. to Shazam Ric Flair's, but I couldn't find yeah. it. Yeah, but it's still, you know, still not. It's not as prominent polished, as, it, as yeah. it would be in a short time. Yeah, I liked this music for Ric Flair, so I was like, "All right, let me try to Shazam it." Yeah. Couldn't find it. I bet there's some kind of like old ass Japanese vinyl release of like yeah. all these old theme songs somewhere oh, out there. That'd be amazing. But yeah, I mean, like, even his music is more down to business. You know, it's not the... I mean, he doesn't have any room to woo. He's just... Yeah. Like, I gotta get to the ring. I got a match. (laughs) Excuse me, excuse me. Going through. I got a match. Trying to see if I recognize any of the young boys. Oh, that has a hairdo on that announcer. Mm-hmm. Beautiful robe. Mm-hmm. I always loved the the bouquets of flowers just for the opportunity for a heel to just <laughs> tear them apart, yep. throw them down. Destroy. Even the ref got a bouquet. Did you guys see that? Oh, no. <laughs> the ref got a bouquet. That's sweet. <laughs> Thanks he's, for coming out. He's working too, man. They're more respected. It was than a smaller Japanese. Yeah, it, was a, it was a small bouquet, but it was. Okay. It was still. Yeah. Yeah, he appreciates it. More respect than in America. <laughs> so this is Flair's during his first world title run. Yep. Right? Or is it I what believe it is? So. Okay. I'm not sure. Yeah, I believe it is yeah. because Starcade comes up the next year. After this, yeah. And then that'll be his second title victory. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's interesting, you know, when guys have like the, the crowning moment. On their second or third mm-hmm. Roman. So, yeah. Maybe the fifth. <laughs> yeah, well, we're still trying with Roman. <laughs> yeah. They'll, they'll get there. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Brett, Brett's another guy that comes to mind. I mean, you think WrestleMania 10. I mean, he yeah. won his first one on a house show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> From Flair. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Oh, God. Little Glow Belt. <laughs> Whose fate is in the hands of Billy Corgan now? <laughs> Scary. Yeah. Do I get an invite to if I if I'm on this podcast? Do I get an invite to be uh, in the tournament for the NWA World Title? Yeah. <laughs> sure. That's how they work on uh, Marty and Sarah. That's right. Wrestling. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's in. Yeah. Oh, and I love this guy yelling in the background. It's terrible. He's got the most raspy voice. Did he catch it? He caught something. Someone threw something at him. Yeah. He caught it. True baby face. Look Flair. He's looking very annoyed with the streamer. <laughs> that guy, did you hear him? Yeah. We must be. We've, direct- come, we've become accustomed to uh, random Japanese commentary. Yeah, <laughs> he must be like direct right of the hard camera because yeah. you hear him the whole match. Couldn't be Jeff Jarrett, could it? No. <laughs> yeah. 
call me Double J. Yeah, we watched this. Uh, have you ever watched the Savage versus Heart? We, Savage Heart. Yeah, from yeah. We um, it was on a house show, so there's just a fan cam. Oh, okay. But anyway, we covered it on the last episode. There were these two fans who kept uh, ribbing, uh, making fun of Double J. The entire, not the entire match, but it's it's good stuff. Yeah. All right, we're underway. Ooh. I always think periwinkle blue is an underrated color. Yeah, especially for a heel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you guys catch when Balor came out rocking that shit? I like yeah. that. A little he, different. He knew what he was doing when he came out there. So <laughs> yeah. Like, whew. like I'm only a tiny bit gay, but <laughs> <laughs> there was nothing left to the imagination. <laughs> Unrelated to this match, but you know how Flair has like his initials on his boots and it's all nice and classy. Yeah. I was watching an old WWF house show last night and Bobby Heenan was wrestling. Yeah. He oh, had the yeah. same thing on his boots. Awesome. Beautiful. They came from the same area, Minnesota, right? Yeah. Uh, Chicago, Minnesota territories. Yeah. I don't know. Did, uh, did Heenan train with Ganya too, or I don't think I don't think he, he did. He was in AWA. Yeah. Though. I thought he was from Chicago. He tra- was, but he like was with Nick Bockwinkle in okay. AWA for that big run there. Beautiful. Yeah. Drop down. International spot. I shouldn't be too smart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hate when people are overly smarky. I don't know shit about the business. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say you don't know shit. I think you know more than than the average... Uh... Smarter than the average bird. <laughs> and they both have, like, the same hairstyle, just, like, complete contrast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wrench it in. Yeah, this this headlock is uh, it's it's uh, it's intense and it's, it's wearing him down. Yeah, and it, he he doesn't give up on it either. Not to jump ahead, but <laughs> yeah, old style wrestling psychology right here, wearing the guy down with the headlock or an arm bar. I miss the days before tap outs. Like, when you could just like kind of yeah. like pound the mat for like because you're frustrated to fire yeah. yourself up or those were the good old days. Yeah. You had to really say I quit. Yeah. Mm. Flair, you ain't shit. <laughs> but as you see in this oh, match, yeah. these guys aren't like really running through it. They're actually struggling each time. It's yeah. making sense why they're doing it. It's not like they're just running through the motions. Mm-hmm. There is, there's weight behind everything that they do. Mm-hmm. It's not like just boom, 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 yep. boom, boom, hit yeah. the spots. Which I don't mean. I don't mean to be one of those those guys, yeah, <laughs> kids yeah, today. Yeah. But no, but I, I, I want important. it to make sense to me. It's it's yeah. like watching a, a movie where they fast forward through the storyline and it doesn't <laughs> make sense. You know, yeah, it, it's got to make sense. Yeah. I think a lot of wrestling nowadays, what, what what is missing is they just run through things like it's just natural. There's no reason behind it. And you know, I honestly, I think, 
I think that's okay sometimes. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. different strokes for different folks. It's like a different genre of movie. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. an action yeah. movie instead yeah. of a uh, drama. True. Exactly. True. Yeah. And death matches are horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's such a... I never thought of true matches that way, but that's, yeah, that's a great, that's yeah. a great point. Oh, I... Oh, I thought he was going to nail him with that atomic drop. It's one of my favorite moves from like old school wrestling. Yeah. So they would hold him up there so high and just <laughs> right on the knee. Back to this headlock, and he's wrenching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect analogy before for about the movies and uh, wrestling. Thank you. I am quite smart. (laughs) (laughs) I love he's even matching his socks to his ring attire or steamboat. Like I love the way Flair's hair is just like draped. I'm trying to like think of what it looks like, but it almost looks like a like a round pillow. (laughs) It's just like You don't even see his face. You just see a whole bunch of blonde hair yeah. fur. <laughs> That's how you know it's him. And then definitely you'll know it's him if you see some red in it. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Kind of slipped there. there Still got him. There's a lot like everything that they do is just about putting your weight on the other guy and just mm-hmm. not giving them room to get momentum or speed or power behind anything they do. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they get a little bit of room, they lay into each other. Yeah. Yep. This flare is trying to, you know, keep going back to the corner uh, for that very reason. This is probably one of those, uh, like Ric Flair would say, with him and Steamboat, they wouldn't even really have to call it. They just go through it. Yeah. Um, not even calling the spots, maybe here or there, but yeah, I mean, definitely right there. Oh, chopped him over the top rope. Beautiful. I guess that's not a disqualification in the NWA affiliate of All Japan Pro Wrestling. No, <laughs> not. Maybe that's what they're talking about on the commentary. It could be. <laughs> and the flare flop. Yeah. <clears throat> Not too serious for a flare flop. That's, yeah. you know. Ooh. Still working those chaps. Richard Blood. <laughs> I miss that. They give him the thumb to the eye. Mm. Always love that little inside forearm by Flair. Yeah. Chop brings him down. Flair had such good strikes. Like it's not something you think about Flair's strike game outside of the chop, but like they were always like really like in tight, mm-hmm. made a lot of contact. Like it's hard mm-hmm. to make a strike matter when it's not like a big wind up, but yeah. like he could cut a guy off. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. anywhere. Especially I I just always remember Ric Flair as using the brass knuckles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when he struck with the brass knuckles, it was intense. 
Thank to the point of Rick Steamboat thinking about giving him a, bo- a bit of a punch right in the kisser. Ooh, there it is. Beautiful. And the cell, yep. the cell is fantastic. That's exactly how an atomic drop should be sold. Nice double chop. Beautiful <laughs> patented spot up and over. Yep. Guys, come on. <laughs> That's one thing I always like is baby faces playing dirty. Mm-hmm. I don't think you get enough of that anymore. Like one of my favorite matches that happened this year was uh, Tanahashi versus Evil um, yeah. in New Japan, and it's like Tanahashi went in there and like he didn't wait for Evil to cheat to you know play dirty. He's like, I'm wrestling a guy named Evil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know what he's gonna do. Yeah, I'm not gonna let him. Oh yeah, they definitely have great ring psychology in New Japan. Bret Hart was one of my favorites of all time for most, you know, up until recently. But, um, yeah, I mean, still one of my favorites. But, um, yeah, he was a guy where he would play dirty when he had to. He's in there with a guy like Bam Bam Bigelow. We're learning that now. Diesel. Yeah. We're learning that now that he's a heel in our storyline. He's even dirtier. Yeah. Yeah. So, a lot of use of the pole, the ring post. (laughs) Man, that that figure four in the ring post is still one of my favorite. Yep. Favorite spot. So good. One, two, nope. Yeah, now picture this match. The entire background is like completely white <laughs> to the point where I thought it was in a stadium outdoors. <laughs> I can kind of see that. All you can see is just like the trunks and like maybe yeah. maybe a little bit of uh, Steamboat's hair. Mm. Oh, they go crazy for the chop. Yeah. Because Ric Flair is known for his chops, and Steamboat's just like, yeah, I can chop better than you. Mm -hmm. Patented Japanese table. (laughs) They never break. Uh Uh-oh. Didn't we just talk about the post? Yeah. Perfect way to take control. Heel tactic. It's the hardest part of the ring right there. Not to be confused with the apron. (laughs) Which is the second hardest part. (laughs) God, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I think Steen uh, used to used to, like call that out on old PWG commentary because I felt the corner of the ring. It's, yeah. it's yeah. really not that hard. Yeah. The ring post is steel. Yeah, <laughs> they'll shove your teeth but, into your gums. Yeah. <laughs> Get so much height on that. <laughs> Now, that's another thing. Flair was fucking strong. Yeah. yeah. Like, he used to be a big boy. Yeah. He's not jacked, but he's got, like, big boy strength. Yeah. There was a time he was 330, I think. Yeah. It was, some of those pictures, like, are, he's almost unrecognizable. <laughs> I think that was the AWA days, the early. Or yeah. Before those, and that's also before the plane crash. Before, exactly. Yeah. 
I think this might be it. Oh. One thing you gotta respect for Flair is the guy is known to be a drinker <laughs> and then have all this cardio to do like these Broadway matches. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, this is actually a relatively quick one. This is different, yeah. yes. But especially um, doing all the territories across the United oh, States. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm talking about doing Broadways every night. Specifically in the next five to ten years for him. Yeah. yeah. That's the biggest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, in ten years, he do- he goes the, the long way in the Royal Rumble and wins it. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Figure four lock using his own move against him. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Is this what I've been doing to people? <laughs> I'm a real jerk. It doesn't <laughs> feel good. <laughs> yeah, break the hold, steamer. Back to the uh, the attire, the contrast of the red and blue is just wonderful. Oh, big time splash. Brainbuster! Nice. Gorgeous. More of a suplex, but in Japan it's a brainbuster. <laughs> Not the way they do them now. <laughs> They've actually eased up. I don't know if you've ever seen Shinya Hashimoto drop dudes on their heads. Oh my god. He would murder people. Devitt had a nice one. Yeah. Definitely. It's, 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 when it's done in that way, it's, it's one of the scariest moves to watch. Oh, he got his weight down. The crowd is so into it. They want Steamboat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Headbutt to the groin. Or the groin? <laughs> Do you know this, who, uh, this ref's name? Or are you just known? Oh, I, I don't remember. I, I'm very bad at the referee names, yeah. but uh, he's like the... In the 80s and 70s, I think he was like the top ref in uh, yeah. all Japan. He was there, red shoes. Yeah. Red shirt. Red shirt. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I had the video game Virtual Pro Wrestling 2. Yes. Oh, which, which was an all Japan pro wrestling licensed mm-hmm. video game. And you could, I don't know if he was unlocked at the beginning or if you could unlock him, but you could unlock that ref. Mm-hmm. And he would actually count significantly slower than any other ref in the game. Wow. <laughs> That's that is realism right there. Every referee's got their signature. Earl yeah. Hebner has the knee and the lurch up when yeah. he does the two counts. Which I'd never noticed until you pointed out. Yeah, definitely signature. Same in the way of the uh, red shoes. He has a signature count oh. too. Oh. It just amazes me how they can just lift those boys up like they're nothing like yeah. that. 
Like, a lot of help from Flair, but Jesus. Yeah. Like, you would see the Ultimate Warrior struggle with that, but they do it with ease. <laughs> Classic Flair. So easy. This guy got him in the middle of the ring. <laughs> Big whiff. Flair strikes are close in, yeah. whereas Rick Steamboat gets some uh, air in him. Shoulder block, I guess. It's all the way across the ring. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, oh no! Through. Oh my God! Nice cradle. Oh, that's a tight cradle. And he got him. Three slowest oh. three count. That's it though. Yeah. Steamboat beaten by his own momentum. Mm -hmm. Flair ekes it out in the end. He even looks surprised. Sixteen minutes and twenty-one seconds. People still respect both of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they didn't really have the heel face dynamic that uh, they would work with in Japan or in America. So yeah. he's doing the honorable thing. It's your mm -hmm. title. You're the champ. I'm gonna shake your hand. And Flair doesn't look like he wants to, but he knows where he is. Yeah, he knows if I beat him up, that's not acceptable here. Yeah. yeah. Here, right? Just take, 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 take the trophy. It's okay. Take the trophy. <laughs> where the hell's my bouquet of flowers? <laughs> <laughs> it's a tear in my eye <laughs> this is the greatest day of my life <laughs> six star match right there yeah um, I think this might have been like one of the first encounters that Dave witnessed where they do this like wonderful routine together they probably perfected it you know later down the road mm -hmm. and that's where we get the wonderful matches that we see in about five or seven years yeah. to these, for these guys yeah but it's like it's it's so hard to watch matches from like back early 80s and earlier and like you can't judge them compared to what you see now so yeah like, it's yeah. a six-star match in context at the time mm -hmm. i mean i don't know i star ratings are not that big of a deal but no no all i can say is that was at the time the greatest match i've ever seen in my life yeah, yeah. And, and it's it's all subjective and it's all you know stuff that that you connect with you know personally like um you know it's a certain match puts you in that place in time and your relationship with wrestling um as a kid and you know acquiring these tapes um you know that's that you know can't be it's just like music you know it's just like mm -hmm. you know i you listen to the first against me ep and it's like it might not be like the, the greatest music ever but if it you know it connects with you emotionally and brings you back to a certain point in your life mm -hmm. um, it resonates yep. exactly yeah so it's there's definitely a degree of that in wrestling as well even though it's more of a you know kind of the reason why i picked the first season for us the origin of attitude yeah. this was the time when i was really into wrestling this is what caught me it was i was 10 years old it was 1997 it was just yeah. a pivotal time in wrestling and then i realized later that it was even more a pivotal time like for me yeah. and wrestling in a whole yeah you know it, it was something that you didn't realize you shared with thousands and thousands mm -hmm. of millions of mm -hmm. wrestling fans at the time and that's yeah. why i like this uh 
the way that the internet community is now, they're sharing great matches. Like, yeah. uh, like this match that you shared with us. Like This mm-hmm. is a great match. I'm going to hold this close to me because uh, this is one of the first six-star ratings, I guess, from <laughs> Uncle Dave. But yeah. it's also a wonderful match. Uh, it's short and sweet. It's it's like a compressed version of what they would later do. Absolutely. Uh, and loose version as yeah. well. And it got, it got the job done based on where they were. It's not a match that would get over as well in America. No. They, right. they would need a little more storyline and uh, you know face-heel dynamic. Yeah. But in Japan, for the time... That's what worked. Yeah. yeah, you'd need a little more flair talking in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe some blood. <laughs> maybe some red on blonde. Well, he would have bl- he would have played at the, at the first headlock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going tonight. <laughs> oh, awesome! Yeah. So this was uh, this was a fantastic match. A great episode, Dan. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank um, you. We mentioned the zine before. If you want to give us the the deets on that, and also you have some some events coming up. Yeah. yeah. So again, um, hottag.bigcartel.com. If you want to buy any of my stuff, I also have some. Uh, if you're not a fan of cops, I have a shirt for you. Yeah. Um, I have three left. I would love to get rid of them. <laughs> um, check it out. That's on the same web store. Um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter. Slow clap hot tag. Um, and I'm going to be doing, uh, I got a few more events coming up. I have um, the Betty Zine Fest in Newark, no, Newark, New Jersey. Um, that is on Saturday, October. I should really be, I should look this up. October 7th, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Um, you can look up Betty Zine Fest on Facebook for all the information. Um, the next weekend, I might be at the CZW show. That's at the um, their new venue, the Rostelli Complex. That's, How is that, by the way? I haven't been there. Oh, it's the first show. There. Oh, it's the first one. Okay, yeah. I thought they have to they follow up with that. us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know whether I'm bending there. I'll definitely be there. Yeah, um, yeah. But that is on the 14th, 8 p.m. Um, I have... On November 12th, Philly Zine Fest 2017 at the Rotunda in West Philly, 12 p.m. to 7 p.m. That is hometown. Come see me. Talk wrestling. Buy my shit. Any <laughs> relation to Mike or, or, or uh, Wyndham Rotunda? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's the, uh, it's the, um, the Mike Rotunda um, Center. Or, I guess just the Mike Rotunda. Yes. <laughs> the Mike Rotunda. The Mike Rotunda. It's, you just enter in through his mouth and leave <laughs> out another hole. Um, that's kind of all I've got. I'm kind of at the end of the year, so I don't have a lot of stuff coming up. But come see me at any of those events. I'll be selling my zines. I'll be selling other folks' zines, all wrestling stuff. Uh, check out the Holy Demon Army distro. Just search Holy Demon yeah. Army on Google. They. Um, that's Ed in Chicago. They are probably the best place to get any wrestling zine that probably ever existed. Um, you can... Yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> awesome. Mm. Awesome. Thanks well, for coming out, and you're always welcome to join us again. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Anytime I'm down here. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, and you can follow up with us as our regular bi-weekly season, uh, The Origin of Attitude. We're... Like I said, we're going to follow up with episode 9, which is going to be the coverage of 225 Raw, the one-night-only event from Birmingham, England, and then 226 Raw, the fallout after that. And then uh, we'll also be hitting you up with the episodes the following week with um, some more Raw and uh, Bad Blood. 
and the fallout after that. Yeah, it's crazy concept of Hell in the Cell. 20 years yeah. of Hell in the Cell. Crazy. And actually, I think in real time, in 2017, Hell in the Cell comes up, what, next week? Yeah, yeah, it's so like around the 20th really soon. anniversary. Yeah, interesting. That'll be interesting. You can follow up with us on Facebook at Retromania. You can find Jimmy on Twitter at Jimmy underscore Price. Yep, and you can email us at retromaniapodcast at gmail.com. That's Retromania with a W. And as always, thank you for listening. Thanks, guys. It's good stuff. Get into it.